the purpose of life, the journey of the soul, the afterlife. These are among the biggest questions we will ever ask ourselves, and we all want answers. And that's what we're going to be exploring today, different wisdom traditions and our experience in guiding other people, the reason that we're here. And we're going to talk today about how it's most likened to an educational system. We go to school, we work hard and we graduate, or we go to school and we get by, or worse yet, maybe we lie and cheat our way through our exams. There's always a consequence. There's a consequence in school. There's a consequence in life. Will we graduate or will we have to return, repeat until we complete the journey? Join us today as we talk about the soul's curriculum, graduate and ascend or flunk and repeat. Welcome to Om Your Power, a podcast brought to you by Soul Centered. Soul Centered is a spiritual center for anyone seeking meaning, purpose, and healing in the afternoon of life. We provide healing and guidance services to anyone seeking to make the shift from a self-centered to a soul-centered life at midlife and beyond. I'm Ariella Halevi, a co-founder of Soul Centered and your healer in the afternoon of life. And I am Baruch Halevi, the other co-founder of Soul Centered and your guide through the afternoon of life. So we're excited to uh, get going in this conversation. Uh, a lot is going on in our world. And one of the things that has been going on is a new program project with Rebecca Rosen, Psychic Medium, and also my sister, Ariella's sister-in-law. And we are doing a program called Your Soul Journey, where we're exploring spiritual-oriented, afterlife-focused movies, and we're discussing them. And so we did our second program. Uh, installation of that program around a movie called What Dreams May Come. Maybe you've seen it. It's pretty old, but it's a really important movie with Robin Williams. And it's about his journey to uh, the next world, to the afterlife and his wife's journey and a very challenging topic because it takes on uh, suicide and the consequences of suicide and the afterlife specifically heaven and hell. And so we did this and you can watch it. You can get it on our website. It'll take you to them. We have a study guide for it as well, but we've been getting a lot of questions and comments and, and um, reactions to it. And we thought we would just continue that conversation and build upon it today around this idea of the soul's curriculum. Yeah. So in our first movie, when we met with um, Rebecca Rosen and her husband, Chris, we talked about this movie, um, Defending Your Life with Albert Brooks, and it was all about the life review, right? He went into heaven or he was at the beginning stages deciding which road he was going to take. And he went through a review and a judgment of sorts of what he did or didn't do in this life. And so I kind of always think of that as we jump off into this topic of what dreams may come and into this idea, is there heaven? Is there hell? It has come up so many times this week just from us doing this and then also in the clients that I'm working with. What is this idea of you know, do we go to heaven or do we go to hell? And there's a lot to say on it. It's, you know, it's it's filled with religious values and beliefs and, and many different things. But, you know, a jumping point is from that movie that we discovered where Albert Brooks was being judged for the things he did or didn't do. And then you take what dreams may come and you really look at the concept of, 
do we create our own heaven and our own hell? And it starts really on this earth. We need movies um, to help us kind of understand sometimes concepts. And, you know, it's just a, it's a, what a picture's worth a thousand words. A movie's, you know, invaluable in that way. And I think it was an important movie when it came out. And for us, I know it was, we really bonded over it 20 years ago um, because it gave voice to something we were feeling and wanted to kind of understand better, but we couldn't understand it. And partially that's because of what you just mentioned, you know, religion, religious teachings sometimes are helpful, but sometimes are hurtful. I always said I would prefer somebody who didn't go to Hebrew school if I was teaching them Judaism than somebody who did go to Hebrew school, Mm -hmm. because somebody who did go to Hebrew school, I had to unteach. I had to help them get over their preconceptions and their misconceptions and their anger and their judgment because Judaism was portrayed so poorly. Now I work with Jews and Christians and I see it's the same problem. So many Christians have a negative view of Christianity because of a a negative or incomplete version uh, that they they were given. And part of it revolves around heaven and hell. Right, right. And so I think we like to take the more Kabbalistic, you know, kind of opting out of like, what is the hardcore religious values and views on heaven and hell. And I think from our own personal experience of loss, our own personal experience of going through heaven and hell, honestly, on earth, and also seeing um, clients that have their own experience of the afterlife of near-death experiences. And and there is so much information right now. I just went to Netflix and um, Amazon Prime. And, you know, you can download 20 different, 30 different documentaries on near-death experiences, what happens after you die, heaven, hell, etc. And I really think I love this movie because, you know, Robin Williams dies in a car accident. If We don't want to spoil it for you, but really it's like 23 years old. So <laughs> get on that right now. <laughs> but um, Robin Williams dies in a car accident and he goes to his version of heaven. And what's beautiful is that it's really a continuation of his life. His his wife is an artist and she paints. And what he finds when he's, first of all, what he finds when he goes there is that immediately his dog comes in, in a younger form and, and just, you know, licks his face and is so happy to see him. And to me, as a dog lover, that is the most exciting thing when I think of, you know, passing on to obviously to see my loved ones, but to see all the dogs that have passed. And also this idea that like we create heaven and hell here on earth. Many people want to escape the idea of earth. Many people have one foot in, one foot out. And we'll get there and we'll talk about it. But I loved this concept of, and that's really also a Jewish concept, a Kabbalistic concept of what you do here matters and what you, how you live matters. And so if you are on the wrong path, if you feel that shame, doubt, guilt, and fear, and you're making poor choices, there is never a, there's an, it's never too late to make those changes. Um, and that's the curriculum piece. You know, you tell your kids, you get out what you put in, right? Mm-hmm. You can get by. You know, there are people who have totally gotten by you know, getting through school without being able to read. That's one extreme. But we all have been in school and, you know, there are classes that you just loved and you put it all into. And the, the result wasn't a stupid little grade called an A. The result was the, the consequence of investing your heart and your soul into that experience. And that's what you're saying about heaven. 
right? Creating our heaven is what we do in this lifetime, is part and process of creating heaven. And so when he got there, it was almost by design that everything that he did on earth had been manifesting in that next world, in that next realm. And that was the best case scenario. But then his wife completes suicide, kills herself, and she goes to hell. Again, don't check out and go, oh my God, here goes religious, traditional. Absolutely not. I reject traditional religion when I come up against offensive and limiting, suffocating beliefs and practices. And and I, I experienced that within Judaism. As you know, I'm not shy about it. My father killed himself. My grandmother killed herself. And as an as a rabbi, I always hated um, an old tradition in Judaism, which revolved around suicide. And that was the cemeteries that I would go to mm. on the outskirts. Yeah. There was always a section, which is no longer in practice, but it was in practice where the suicides were buried. And the one in um, Swampscott is actually some Peabody, but um, that was where we would do these uh, funerals. Um, you actually had to go into the woods and dig around and you'd find these old headstones. And, and finally I asked what's back here and the, the groundskeeper said, it's um, the suicides and that's where wow. they used to put them. And I was so effing pissed off because this was after my dad killed himself. And you know what, we're, we're punishing, we're gonna punish somebody, which we now know is a mental illness and they're literally out of their minds. Even if they weren't mentally ill, The last few seconds to take your life, you had to be unstable. You had to be out of your mind, out of your body, out of your being to choose to leave this world. And it just, I reviled against this idea that my dad was condemned to hell. Now that's, that was like Chris's reaction when we watched this movie together and we did our review and Chris, you know, Right, rightly so, felt what he felt, and he felt like it was a judgment. That's not what this movie said to me anyways. I don't believe it was condemning the woman who took her own life to hell. No, I actually think it was the opposite. You know, what you said is that in the old days, or not such, not so old days, you know, you, you punish the suicide person by condemning them to the other side of the, of the cemetery. And what this this movie showed and what, um, you know, the question is, is I, I think from what was portrayed in this movie was that she was, she was already condemning herself. She was already in hell. She was in hell on earth and it just transferred over when she completed suicide. There was no God in the sky condemning her to the other side of the cemetery. She was literally in her own personal hell and it was dark and it was scary. And it did give me deep compassion and and empathy for those that those that have worlds that are so dark that you think that you can't get out. And we've all I think we've all had those moments when we feel like or we are in so much pain. You know, I work with a lot of people that have a lot of pain in their bodies and you think I can't go on one more day. And, you know, this, this movie made a good case for hell is, is neither here or there. It is both. It is what you, it's just like heaven. Heaven was his dog running to him and, and flowers that were actually paint because that was what they, that was their heaven together on, on this earth. And hell was in her mind from losing her children 
previously in a car accident and losing her husband. But you know what? And we talked about this also. Hell to her actually wasn't all only the loss of her family. It was the lack of forgiveness. And that is something that I hold dearly onto when I think about this lifetime, when we all have so many um, emotions and feelings going on inside of us and so much trauma. Do we know how to forgive? Because there's, there's certain things that we take with us into our own personal hell or heaven, whatever you want to call it. And that is lack of forgiveness. I think that is probably number one when we can't forgive we take it with us. Yeah, this is where I turn to Christianity, honestly, that um, you know, we, we draw wisdom from all the great traditions and Christianity does a beautiful job of, of grace and forgiveness. My friends who are born agains really have this kind of describing a washing away experience where they just reunite um, with the source and washing away sin. And yet we all know it's not that easy. We all know there are still rights uh, wrongs to be righted and consequences for our choices and that's between them and god in judaism we would say there's two different directions there's our relationship with god and there's our relationship with each other and in that moment you're right with god but you got to get right with each other there are consequences to our choices and that's like school that's like if you opt out if you duck school if you you know uh, get kicked out you gotta have consequences and that's what this hell is an opportunity in this movie isn't a hell with devil in the pitchfork. It's an opportunity to work through the consequences of our choices. I say this from a personal place because lots of times people will want to tell me that my dad um, is off the hook and 10 different ways they'll say it. That's not for them to decide, all right? I actually believe my dad wanted to be held accountable for his choices and he needed to go through his hell, his own creation on the other side of fear and selfishness, because it was an act of selfishness. And we can talk about that. He needed to work through that so that he could get beyond himself to right his wrongs now from the other side and um, be held accountable. And I feel like that's an act of love to hold our loved ones accountable Con choices have consequences. And just because you leave doesn't mean you escape the work. You take it with you and you make it more complicated. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of when, when Robin Williams died and he saw his dog right away. And, and, you know, there, it, there's no, there's a reason why he saw his dog right away. When you think of animals, you think of dogs, they don't live as long as humans and they are, they are the most forgiving creatures on this earth. Like you, you can hurt a dog and he would still come back to you. He shouldn't, but he would. They are so forgiving. And clearly, like there was nothing between the dog and, and the man. They were just completely together again in the, his heaven. So it took a while for him to realize that he was also visiting and, and reuniting with his children. And, you know, if you go into the movie, but I'm going to take it more into personal life is like, there are so many opportunities for schooling, if you want to talk about school, here on earth. You know, Robin Williams had to go in through his own schooling he, with his children. He had to, his children didn't think that he spent enough time with him and he worked so much and they didn't feel as important. So he had to go through a brief period of, 
of working through that as he transitioned into his full heaven. And yes, his wife did more because she completed suicide. But there, in the work that I do, we go through a process of healing where there is an opportunity here on earth to release ourselves from the pain that we carry. Not only the pain that we carry in our own traumas and our own lifetimes, but those that came before us and those that will go beyond us. And there is a huge opportunity to live. I think of Tim McGraw and his amazing song, Live Like You Were Dying. Like to me, live like you were dying means that you sit down in this lifetime and you say, what are the five major things that I am holding onto in my body and my psyche that needs to be worked through before I die. You don't know when you're going to die. So what are those five major things? And I would say number one is, is you can look at your relationships. And that's where we can start is to talk about the idea of relationships and forgiveness and, and the guilt we carry and the hardships and the fear and on the shame Going back to relationships, this whole movie was built around relationships and that relationships don't die. Bodies do, but relationships don't. And they were impacting each other back and forth. While she was suffering here on earth, he was suffering in heaven. And they, it was, they were learning how to help each other. Now, she, again, she couldn't be helped because she had closed herself off to the possibility of love. She believed she wasn't worthy, which again is the hell. She created it. And, but it was also the pathway out of hell for her was the relationships because his love ultimately saved her or provided her an opening to receive love, to feel love, to return to love. Again, that idea again of, of returning to returning to God, returning to source, returning to love. But it was through relationships and those relationships all were purposeful, right? We have different relationships in different people's lives, different soulmates. But the work doesn't end. That was my experience after my dad killed himself. And since my other loved ones have died, um, that the relationship continues. It evolves. And we we still have the work to do. My dad has work on the other side. I have work here. And we're doing work together in these two parallel universes. Yeah. I mean, I think about my mom who died almost three years ago. And in some ways, the relationship is more healed and closer. And it's getting there than it was on Earth in the last five, seven years. And to think that when we close the door, like this woman thought, the, the wife in the movie, that once she closed the door, I mean, no one judges her massive grief because, you know, God forbid you lose your whole family. But she believed that you close the door and that's it. And there is a, and I always say, there's a thin veil between us and the afterlife. And we are all doing our own work. And in some ways, those difficult relationships, like, you know, you and your father had a challenging relationship before he committed suicide. And for years before that, my mom and I went in our ups and downs for sure. And when the person releases from the body, there's an opportunity here that maybe there isn't on earth to, because somebody, the person who passed away, lost their ego. They lost their body, the density, they, they left it. And so there's an opportunity to reconcile and find that forgiveness for those uh, in the afterlife, but also for you here on earth. So I've been listening to a lot to Eckhart Tolle, and he talks about the pain body. And the pain body is our physical, emotional version of ourself that 
becomes so racked with pain and that's not just physical pain. It can be the emotional pain that she experienced in this movie that makes it impossible to be in relationship, right? And the more, the greater the pain body, the harder to be in relationship. She got to this point where there was no accessing her. There was no way in. Her pain body was so great that when she she left this world, um, there was no way to, to, to help her. And so... But I just say that because some people um, who die by suicide, it's not the same thing. You know, you know, I said this in the in our discussion with the movie. I just want to make it clear: um, somebody who's racked with disease and you know cancer, or or Robin Williams who was dealing with dementia, and that's a Body very dementia. that's a very different yeah. suicide than my dad. I will not let him off the hook by saying that's why he left. He left for different reasons that were much more egocentric, that were much more about him versus somebody else who's making a selfless stand. So I, there's no judgment here and there's no such thing as suicide. There are suicides. Everybody's life is different. Everybody's death is different. And every suicide is different. But so many people have such a degree of pain body that um, we just have to have compassion and empathy because they can't hear, they can't receive. Our job is to help them open um, to receive that love. Um, I think about that and I think about that part in the movie and we talked about this in the other video that, you know, she was all, the wife was always distant from Robin Williams because she never, she was resentful because he was more light and she was heavier and denser in that lifetime. And when they lost their kids, he moved, he moved on. He went back to work. He was a doctor. He was a pediatrician. He went back to work. He he kept them light while she fell apart. She was in a psychiatric unit because she couldn't take it, of course. And she was always frustrated that he could never enter into her pain. And and it just hit me. First of all, they you know you look at the scenes that they're in, and you can tell, and you can it's it's obvious that they are deeply connected. They call each other you know twin flames or soulmates, and. And the one thing that saved this woman in her personal hell was not when he was having compassion for her from afar was, I mean, he almost lost his mind also, but he, he entered into her suffering. He, he saw her suffering. And that really sat with me because it is really challenging when we, when we love somebody who is suffering and how to enter into their suffering without getting lost in it ourselves it's a it's definitely a um a challenging topic because i i feel conflicted on the one hand i was crying watching it because it's so beautiful that this man finally entered into his wife's pain and suffering completely and then there was this shift though when he started to lose himself and he was going to disappear into hell and i thought that's not what i believe and teach though there's mm -hmm. a fine line between um, losing yourself for another versus being able to have empathy, being where they are, seeing them face to face, but not losing yourself. Because if you lose yourself, right, two, two halves don't make a whole. It just makes one dysfunctional effing couple, right? It's, it's not the way we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be two holes coming together, creating synergy. And when one of those holes starts to disintegrate, we don't help them by disintegrating. No, I don't think we have them by disintegrating, but there was a beauty in him 
yes, you don't want, nobody wanted him to lose himself. All I could think about was like, don't lose yourself. The kids have nobody. (laughs) (laughs) And, but there was a beauty in like really showing the person that is closest to you, what is the very most painful and having that person step into it with you for a moment, you know, and not forever because you'd both go down into the hell. But I think it is a deep form of intimacy to say that somebody else on this earth sees and can and truly steps into my pain. They can step out of it. But, it, you know, it's a dance. I mean, we've struggled greatly with with one of our children. And I I have have had many moments when I have slipped into the pain of what our child was going through. And I didn't know if I could get out, but I was also willing to go in there. Yeah, it's a fine line, um, and I think it's something worth grappling with. But I, I look at the angels, if you will, in this movie, the spirit guides, whatever. What was interesting about all of them is that they showed up in a form, in an appearance, in a body that the person they were trying to help needed. So they were still themselves. They were still mm-hmm. the son was the son and the daughter was the daughter, but they showed up to Robin Williams' character, Christy as a way that he needed and he could see and he could hear. So they never lost themselves, but they also met him where he was. And I think that to me, that's kind of the takeaway of, you know, we we need to be there, be fully present in a way that somebody else can receive while still maintaining our truth and our integrity as an act of service to them. Because again, if, if you go down to, where our son needed and you totally lose yourself, you were no help, no good to him. It was when you went down and maintained yourself. And that's a very hard thing to do. Coming back to the movie, especially with somebody who's dealing with depression, the deep darkness that would lead somebody to leave this world by suicide. Um, So it's about holding space for them and not losing ourselves in that space. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with you. Like, I really think if I went down all the way, what kept me afloat was, you know, three other children. Like if you lose yourself, then you can't, you can't help anybody else. So I agree with you. I think another part of this, this movie is reincarnation. You know, it's like so many topics in this movie. That's why we're jumping from one amazing topic to another, but it's about reincarnation. You know, this idea that that um, at the end of the movie, they, well, we're giving this away again, but they oh chose. Oh my God, they've had like, <laughs> since 1993 or something. I think we watched <laughs> it when we were like dating. I think that was like one of the movies that connected us when we were just dating or about to get married. Yeah, and ask Chris, who uh, reviewed the movie, that's not a good date movie, but it depends who you're dating. That's yeah. an Enneagram conversation. We, we connect over these things. We love, we, I think we might have watched it like three or four times before we got married and we were like, this is our movie. <laughs> Just heaven like, hell scary. death suicide reincarnation 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 um when she when they came back together again they decided to try this life again and to meet each other again and i really saw it as number one as my first thought was yeah but your kids are on the other side and and they said in the movie you know the kids or the people on the other side they don't feel the separation that the separation to them is like a blip in the screen and And um, so they chose to experience life again, because um, when you're on the other side, it's not you're not in that human physical body. And when you're here on Earth, experiencing Earth in a human physical body, 
there is an opportunity for great growth. And that is why we come back because we have mistakes that haven't, we have mistakes or we have things that are not healed. And so, you know, this idea of, of coming back into this earth, you know, for some, I think, really, do I have to come back? But we, we carry also this idea of soul family. Like they knew they would see each other again because they had a history, lifetimes together. Well, that's partially why they came back and back to our thesis of the curriculum because they flunked, right? At some level, they flunked out and they had to um, go back and do it over again to work through it. So they chose to go back to repeat the grade, so to speak, to do it right this time so that he could be more um, empathetic and that she could choose life and stay alive. And they conceivably, they went back and did it over again, but that was their choice. And I think it's a powerful idea that we can choose to come back, to do it over again, to learn, to grow, and to graduate and get to a point where there's nothing to come back to because you've graduated from this world. Yeah. And I think in this world, they talk a lot in the movie about like in, in real, in, you know, in the human world, there's rules in the human world, world, there's fear. Um, but once we go and transition to the next world, there is no fear. There are no rules. Your, your heaven is your heaven. You can create a beautiful scenery or you can live in a city. You can do whatever you want in heaven. But in this world, you know, yes, heaven or Olam Haba, which we call it is, is a form of school. It's a healing school. But so too is this life. This life is about carrying around a dense body that is filled with memories and traumas and and DNA of, of your past, your past lives, your past history, your past ancestors. And you've you come back again to really say, like, how far can I go now? Like, you know, I got a B plus in math. Can I, can I strive for the A? I mean, it's not about perfection. It's just about learning from your past in order to move forward. So final words on the topic, on the movie, on this podcast. I'll do it and then I'll give Ariel the final word. Um, from my perspective, it's important to have these conversations. They're not easy conversations, but they're important conversations because we are here for one reason and one reason only, and that's to evolve, that's to grow, that's to overcome our fears, as we talk about a lot, and get to this place of love. And as Ariella said, you can't do that work in the next world. It's very different. This is the playground. This is the schoolyard. This is where you know, we can rise up or we can fall down. And if we fall down, we can rise up and choose to rise up again and again and again, taking responsibility for our lives, for our choices. There is no easy way out. If you kill yourself, according to all the great spiritual traditions in this movie, in my opinion, you just make it more complicated, more painful for those who are behind you and for yourself to go to the next world, not to be punished by God, not to be punished by anything other than yourself and the consequences of having left this world prematurely, not done the work, not gotten the A, not graduated like you deserve. And that's why you're here so that we can all graduate and go on to the next world appropriately when it's time and ascend. And I would say also the alignment of your spirit and your soul. And so really that is the purpose. We want to talk about purpose. The purpose of being in this human form is to not is to be in it fully. 
and to align with your highest purpose. And if you don't know what that purpose is, there is time to figure that out. It's about getting quiet and it's about about opening to your life, to what hurts, what brings you pain and what brings you joy. And the purpose of us showing this movie is to show you and to teach all of us that there is a reason for you to be here. So many clients that we work with sometimes wonder, why am I here? And so the most important reason you why you are here is there is a reason. There is a purpose for you specifically, and it is out there waiting for you. The best way that we know how to do this is to align yourself with the highest part of your spirit and God and your soul and to get help if you need it. If you cannot find your own alignment and your purpose and you feel lost, then please reach out to someone that can help you. And so if you like this podcast, we always appreciate a five-star review. And wherever you're listening to this podcast, we have many, many more, lots of upcoming interesting programs that we're doing. Check out our website, mysoulcentered.org. Jump over to Facebook, where we have a group and a page. Wherever you can find us, we'd love for you to find us, reach out to us, connect with us. We appreciate you. Namaste, everyone. Shalom, salam, and peace.